0: Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your amazing blessing of opening our eyes and our hearts and ears to see the truth that Jesus is the Christ and Son of the living God. Lord, thank you for giving us, knowing who Jesus Christ is and receiving him and believing him as our Lord and Savior. So that we can have eternal relationship with you and have an eternal life in Christ Jesus, I pray that you will bless upon every one of them sitting down here. Oh, let them open their eyes and heart, so that we can receive the gospel of Jesus Christ, not only hearing but also receiving it and accepting the message of gospel as mine. And accepting Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And I pray that you'll break all the power of darkness who's hindering this worship through the name of Jesus Christ when it is proclaimed. And in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. 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 We've been studying, uh, this month, the book of Philemon. And as I mentioned that um, most of the uh, New Testament was written by a uh, couple of authors. And first, uh, um, uh, the gospel we, we call is in New Testament. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. As you can tell, those are written by Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. It's about Jesus Christ, how he was born, and how he uh, started his ministry. And then the next, uh, the fifth book in the New Testament is called what? Acts. Book of Acts. Uh, It's it's a book of the ministry of Holy Spirit. How Holy Spirit Uh, powerfully proclaimed and enabled the uh, early church uh, members to proclaim the gospel throughout the entire region of uh, from Jerusalem Judea, Samaria and many parts of the world at that time and then the, the next book is called Romans so from the book of Romans all the way to Philemon is the book of what? Letters. It's not letters that Paul has written these letters to individuals and to the, the church in those many uh, 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 regions and cities. Okay? So Romans, as you can tell, it's the letter from Paul to people living in where? Rome. Okay? It's like Washington. Washingtonian is that how we say the people living in Washington Paul has written a book, a letter to uh, people living in the the greatest city at that time the Roman Empire was ruling almost the entire world and he wasn't sending a letter to Romans, people living in Rome Corinthians as you can tell uh, last time I told you, something to do with the, the uh, book of uh, New Testament that ends with I-A-N, it's a letter to those people living in that region or city. Corinthian. Paul's letter to people living in Corinth. Galatian. Paul's letter to people living in Galatia. Colossian, likewise. Thessalonian then toward the end we studied three books Timothy, chapter 1 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy as well as Titus and this month we're studying the book of Philemon. Those three are not just city it's not city name but it's a person's name Paul's letter to Timothy, that's why it's called Timothy, 1 Timothy and uh, 2 Timothy because he wrote two separate letters. And Titus. He wrote a book, uh, a letter to Titus. And then Philemon. Philemon was a wealthy man. We talked about that last week. There are three major names described in Philemon. Number one, obviously Philemon. He was a wealthy, um, strong man living in Colossae. Now I'll show you. We saw the uh, picture of that city last time, but in the back, he was living in a city called Colossi. Okay? Uh, it's living in the region of Phrygia. Okay, so Colossi is a city, and Phrygia is is a region. Okay, another uh, lesson for you: is anything that ends with I A A, okay, the words in the Bible, it's a Describes the region Asia. Okay? It's a region. Okay? Phrygia is a region. Okay? There are many names that ends with Ia. We're going to see in the in the map next uh, on, the, on the next uh, screen. Okay? Anyway, Colossi was in this uh, region of Phrygia, and uh, Philemon was a wealthy man, and he uh, accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior through Paul. When Paul was traveling around many cities in Asia Minor, we're going to talk about that, and he, he came to know Jesus Christ in that city. And he started opening up his ministry at his home. He was wealthy enough to bring church members to his home week after week and share the gospel. In, in that colossus, the region of the okay? And our second name is Onesimus. Okay? Uh, I think something if you look at the, uh, uh, the uh, Roman movies and all that, Onesimus and something similar. and something to with the Roman Empire names, right? The people living in that region. Anyway, he was a, he was not an ordinary person. he was a slave. He was a slave in the household of Philemon. Remember, Philemon was a wealthy man. He had a lot of slaves and maids and, and a lot of people working for him. Okay? And one day, Onesimus stole some money. And then he ran away. I think he stole a large amount of money. And he moved to uh, uh, capital Rome. Somehow he got captured. He was put into prison. But at that prison, Paul was in that prison and received the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he came to know Christ, and he got converted. And later on, Paul sent Onesimus back to his master living in Colossae, and he wrote a letter. That's what Philemon is all about. And he, Paul, wrote a letter to Philemon and saying, I'm sending this letter, through Onesimus, please accept him and forgive him and ask for reconciliation. Reconciliation is very important in in Christ. We can say so many times that, yeah, I forgive you. What if God says, yeah, I forgive your sin, but there's nothing after. Just verbal forgiveness. That's not enough. That's what. That's not what Jesus Christ taught us. There's a reconciliation. When we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, after we repent, okay, there is this fear of repentance. Repentance meaning, Lord, I'm sorry for my sin. I disobey your word. Now I decide to turn back. And I used to go this way, heading toward... Uh, Satan's direction, but I'm willing to change my heart. That's what acceptance is. That's what baptism is about. I used to live in this way of life. I renounced all that life. I'm going to turn back. I'm going to head toward you, Lord. That's what repentance is. True repentance. I'm not saying about, okay, I'm sorry for stealing, lying, and cheating. I'm not talking about that. The true repentance is, Lord, I'm sorry. I disobeyed you. I did not believe you. But now I'm accepting Christ Jesus. I'm going to change my life. Not my will. Not my power. But the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, help me. I'm going to live for you. I'm going to do what you ask me to do. Okay? The willingness. <clears throat> and that's what i truly accept. That's what Paul was asking—that's what all Christianity, Christians needs to do. If God tells you that, "I forgive you," but there is no heart in it, there is no change in it. If God doesn't say that He forgives you, but you still go to hell, that's not forgiveness. But when God accepts you and and, and uh, as as your child, there's a change takes place. Not only from our side, from, from God's side. Your name and my name is written down in the book of life. And that cannot be erased forever and ever. God is God of the word, keeping the word. Okay. Likewise, as Christian brothers and sisters, we need to be able to forgive others and reconcile them. Is there any person in your life that do have done wrong to you. As God has forgiven you and reconciled with you, we need to do the same thing. Why? If we don't do that, there's going to be a lot of blockage. And there's going to be a lot of uh, uncomfortableness. You cannot pray for him. You cannot have good relationship with others. Always that something that, that, that bad relations, bad uh, reconciliation will block you to move forward. So we need to do that. Not just verbally but with action and with the heart. You cannot do it, I cannot do it. Think about it. Philemon, he lost one slave who may have stole thousands of dollars, maybe hundred thousands of dollars. Did wrong to his master and left Now he's coming back. And Paul says, please forgive him and reconcile with him. And he did. Philemon did. How do we know? If he hadn't done that, the book of Philemon would not be written. The gospel of Jesus Christ would not have been spread throughout the city of Colossae. That represents true forgiveness and reconciliation. So, obviously, Paul is another person uh, described throughout the book, uh, the New Testament. So, let me—I I share with you this picture last time. Okay, you cannot see it way from there, and I'm going to go over, okay? Because this is very important. Many times, as you read the book. Of New Testament, it's very uh, helpful for you and me to follow and take a look at the map and just you know look at where it, it's in the geography that, in in the world that that's taking place because the book of gospel and book of uh, New Testament can become real to you. Number one, Jesus is real. He was a real person born in. Uh, in the land, in the city of Bethlehem, a lot of people say, that's a that's hoax. Jesus was never born in this world. A lot of people just misconceived. That they're, they're claiming that a lot of people just b- became brainwashed, and they, and they believe that Jesus was born. That's totally absurd and ignorant. Right? Throughout the entire history of mankind, it is written not only in the Bible. Go outside the Bible in history of Israel. Even Jews believe that Jesus was born, but they they believe that Jesus just was a not a Messiah, but just a teacher, Rabbi. You know? Now Jesus was born in the city of Bethlehem, right here, the southernmost which is in the area of Judea. But after he was born. He had to move down to Egypt, further down here. He was illegal alien, so to speak. The problem at that time was there is no border, there is no wall, so they were really <laughs> moving down back and forth. Right? I don't know; I, I'm not quite sure whether uh, he, uh, people living in Egypt, speak different languages. So think about it. They speak one language in in Judea, but he moved somewhere that he doesn't speak English, the parents. And then, a few years later, he moved back to Nazareth, in the land, this region. This is called uh, uh, Galilee, it was around here. Samaria was, Judea was here, Samaria was here, and then Galilee was around there. And then his ministry started. He grew up and his ministry uh, started. Okay? And Cana it was, it was the weddings and all that stuff was taking place in, in this area. You know, um, healing the uh, blinds and healing the cripples and, and so forth. Okay, So it is good to see the picture and, and see where it is. That's um, described in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John and book of Acts that's where the real action that's where the uh, real um, uh, uh, spread of the gospel took place okay? so this picture is very important especially when you start reading the book of Acts and all the, the epistles that Paul, the letters that Paul wrote okay? so in Jerusalem when Jesus Christ died people started wondering, what, what's going to happen to our ministry? Is He going to lie? Well, three days later, lo and behold, He's risen from the dead. Not only that, for 40 days, He was around with His disciples. And then, walk with them, and talk with them, and, and uh, pray with them, share the gospel, and what's going to happen. And Jesus Christ said, do not leave Jerusalem until you receive the power from, from God, the Holy Spirit. And you will be my witness not only in Jerusalem, Judea, which is region, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. You're going to be my witness. Three days later, or uh, ten, ten days later, they receive the power of the holy spirit in acts chapter 2 what happened boy these timid weak christians became bold became aggressive you know because they used to hide before in front of roman soldiers but they started coming out of their houses and start talking about who jesus christ is so What happened in Acts chapter 11 because of the persecution they moved to Antioch scattered around so the movement took place from here all the way and then this region they moved from so Acts chapter 13 Paul and Barnabas moved from Antioch to Cyprus and from Cyprus Pequus. Pequus. And then he moved to uh, Lycia. Remember that, the, the, the words that ends with I-A? These are the regions, Lycia, Pisidia, Asia, Lycia, Galatia, and all that, okay? He moved, and then they moved to uh, Colossae. That's what, where Paul was, was at. And that's where Philemon was living and they uh, accepted Christ Jesus and became a household church and then this region the gospel started out with this area and then this whole region was covered by the, uh, the uh, missionaries uh, and the uh, Spread the gospel throughout the whole region, and eventually it came to Korea uh, in the eighteen hundreds. Some missionaries from uh, uh, North North America, as well as in in, uh, in uh, Scotland, came, and they before they even landed in in the uh, land, they were they were killed. So many missionaries came, and first they died. They spread, they just passed the, not even the word, but was a book of uh, New Testament. They gave it to them and they died. So the seed of the gospel was gradually planted. If you look at this map, there are hundreds and thousands of people died. You know, spreading the gospel. And a couple of things that I learned as I read and look at the map. Uh, number one, as I said, if you look at, if you start reading X, uh, please take one of these maps and just follow through. It really helps. The, the gospel message becomes real to you. It's not just reading a text, but also you actually happening. Just follow through where they go. Okay? Second, I was wondering why. These folks that started out in, in Jerusalem and then moved to different regions, and especially Paul and his, his ministry, why would they take their life, risk their life, and move these areas? I mean, back then, when you go to these cities, you don't take train, you don't take airplanes. Either you walk, you take horses, or likewise, it's a You know, there's no transportation. It takes days and months to move from one city to Antioch. I thought Antioch was close, but they're far away. It takes weeks and months to get to that. Why? And they were killed on its way by Roman soldiers, as well as sickness, and as well as weather. Because some of them travel from land to sea and to island. And they died on its way because of the weather. Why did they take their uh, lives into risk and great persecution? They must have something in their heart. It's because of Jesus Christ. It's not Jesus Christ. but They believe that Jesus is the Christ. They have such a zeal That to share to their folks, people living in in all these regions. Because of their persecution, the Jews were spread all around the world for thousands of years. Do you remember that? So Paul was visiting each of these cities, and on Sabbath day, he went to synagogue, the Jewish church, and spoke that Jesus we killed, he wants to He's risen, he is alive. So he spread that gospel, simple message that Jesus is Christ throughout the region. And you know, there were two reactions came about. One of them, a lot of Jews repented and accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Another reaction was they tried to kill him. Stone Him. So toward the end, Paul said that, okay. I'm going to start ministering to non-Jews, Gentiles. So that's why the gospel of Jesus Christ was spread throughout all these regions, not only to the Jews, but also to the, the Gentiles. And it came to Korea. It came to America. Well, 20 30% of people in this world are Christians because of the sacrifice they chose They must have something. They must have believed something that is real and genuine such that they're risking their lives throughout the whole region. If you look at uh, disciples, do Google, okay? 12 disciples except except, uh, Judah. Take a look at how they died. Many of them did not die, if not all of them in an ordinary way and buried. They did not live to the fullness of their age. Some of them got decapitated. They head was chopped up. Some of them were thrown into a hot boiling oil. Some of them were crucified upside down. They didn't die in an ordinary way but they did not renounce Jesus Christ. Why? Why? Why do, did they did they uh, even risk their lives and die to that point and proclaim that Jesus is Christ because their belief is real? Okay? What they believe was the truth. It's not their manufactured fact and what they believe brainwashed that's not it. They witnessed That Jesus Christ crucified, and they witnessed that Jesus Christ was risen. In the next chapter two, they witnessed the Holy Spirit came upon them and gave them a dynamo, the power and explosive power and authority. That's why they were able to go out and proclaim the gospel. It, It is amazing that even today there are many. You are not the only one. That believing that Jesus is the Christ. There are so many people who speak different languages, different color, different culture, but they risk their lives and believing that Jesus is the Christ and Jesus is the Lord and Savior. Okay. Go to Muslim countries. If you say you're a Christian, Pastor said that one lady's picture was shared by many pastors. Their lips were sewn with, with the thread. Okay? She was crying because she confessed that she is Christian. She is a believer. There's a lot of persecution going on in North Korea, in Africa, and especially in Muslim countries. But they continuously believe in Jesus Christ. Why? What brings them? What kind of foundation and power do they have? And continuously believe that Jesus is their Lord and Savior. Because they have witnessed. They have experienced something. Let me ask you this. Throughout the, the whole thing. Let me ask you just two questions. Important question that you need to ask yourself. Who is Jesus to you? Okay. Is he a just a name? Or is he a, just a good person? Okay. When you go out and evangelize, you need to ask them who, who is Jesus to you? What does that mean? What does that have to do with? What does Jesus have to do with you? And another question is, do you have it? Do you have Jesus? Do you truly have the personal relationship with Jesus Christ? If not, we know the answer what's going to happen. Okay? I know there are, you're attending church regularly, and I used to do that. Even after I received Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, I attended church, but I was a very religious person. In other words, I knew the gospel, but I went into this totally sideways. I was a religious person. Christianity became a religion to me. There was no joy and no peace. Why? Because it puts a lot of burden to you. They stress on, do this and don't do do that. And a lot of things like that. Sunday became a burden to me. It's not a joy and celebration. It was a burden. I had to do a lot of things, but I could not do it because I don't have power. I'm a mere human being, I cannot do it. But they keep on stressing that you gotta do that and do that. So one of the reasons why Jesus Christ came to us is to set us free from bondage. He came to set us free from the bondage of legalism and all the customs and rules. Does that mean we just totally disregard the book, this book and do whatever we want to do? No, that's not it. But He set us free from the unnecessary, undescribed rules and regulations <laughs> they created. He wants you to be happy. And He wants you and me to live in harmony with God. Through Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. 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 We have so many problems in this world. How do I know? Turn on TV. Especially the world news. Every day there is a fighting going on. Every day there is some natural disaster. Every day in the Middle East, there's some kind of bombings take place. A few years ago, I was, I was thinking about going to Europe for visit, but I can't. I couldn't. because bombing take place. You know? They, they bomb the uh, buildings and they bomb the, uh, the motor coach, you know, the, the bus tours and all kinds of. Stuff. People are afraid of travel. The, the, the airline is having a really difficult time of selling their airline tickets to Europe because of that. People are suffering a great deal, but there's no answer to it. The poli- they turn to politicians. It's unfortunate that the politicians today, they seek after their own um, goods. They don't work for the people in that country they're, they're living in. I'm very, I'm not gonna say it. This is very unfortunate that, that they were people uh, turning toward politicians. They're turning toward entertainers. <clears throat> it's their idol, role model. But later on you hear all kinds of things that are going on around their personal lives. And we get totally disappointed by that. Turn to another idol, another person. The man doesn't have the answer. Only God has the answer. That's why 2,000 years ago, as he promised, he sent Jesus Christ into this world so that we can be totally set free from the bondage of sin, death, separation, And from Satan. Because that is the fundamental and real problem that mankind is suffering from. You have to look at the root cause of all problems. You know, I'm an IT person. And the first employer that I went to work for, they sent me a training. About three days of training. And that was one of the greatest training that I ever had. The title of that training was Problem Solving. They want us to know how to solve problems. Why? Because the companies, as well as countries, have problems. Okay? So they taught us how to identify the problems and how to solve the problems. And in the section they call how to identify the problems, that's where I learned the language called move calls. I never heard that. I was new to this country in English uh, and even in Korea I didn't know the uh, the fundamental problems. They never talked about that. I never nobody spoke about that in, in, in school and in church. I never heard the word fundamental problems. How to, the root cause. Okay? So they said that one of the first things you need to do is identify the root cause. Because what you see on your, through your eyes is all the problems. But you'll be, you need to be able to separate what is the real problem, <coughs> the root cause of the problem, versus just all the uh, symptoms that come from you all. Okay? So what is the root cause of mankind's man problem? Number one, we disobey God's word. In Acts chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2. it says, if you eat that fruit, God says that, you will surely die. But Satan came along and says, Oh, you can eat any fruit you want to eat. You will not surely die. Mankind, Adam and Eve, actively and selectively chose to believe Satan's word. In other words, they decide not to believe in God's word. That's where the problem is. What is the problem of mankind right now? They don't believe in God's word. God has given us, clearly, this book called Bible, but they chose not to believe in God's word. As a result, sin. That's what not believing God is equalized, equal to sin. That is what we call original sin. And we chose not to believe in God and we fall into sin. And immediately what happened? We are separated from God. God was still there but we left God. That's what separation is. We chose to leave God. And we became slaves to Satan. Why? God has created something in our heart, the image of God. Amen. Right? In our heart, there's a place that we long for the master. We, we left our old master and we chose Satan as new master. That's why. We're in lifelong, we're looking for something that can replace, that, that doesn't satisfy us. So we chose to have alcohols drugs I'm not just talking about just miracle. they become addicted to that gamblings and all kinds of stuff because there, there's no peace in and, and no, no joy in their heart. Okay? That's why people are in this world the fundamental problems are not solved okay? what does that has to do with file file even? was a person that looked looking for the answer. He had a lot of money. He had a lot of slaves. But something is missing. In this world, having billions of dollars is not a blessing. Let me repeat. In this world, if you are a powerful politician, it's not a blessing. If you do not know who Jesus Christ is. But if you know Jesus Christ, have billions of dollars. If you have, if you know who Jesus Christ is and then believe Him, and have a superpower position and and fame, that is a great blessing for evangelism and sharing the gospel. I want you to be that kind of person. Nowhere in the Bible says that having a lot of money is sin. Nowhere in the Bible that says that having a lot of authority and power and fame is sin. No way. But the first thing first, you need to have Jesus Christ in your heart. And then have all that, it becomes a great asset, a great tool for sharing the gospel. I admire a lot of entertainers. You know, at the end of the year, we got a lot of awards. In this ap- political atmosphere, speaking of Jesus Christ in, in those kind of TVs and, and awards ceremony, it becomes a Really, persecution target, and yet some entertainers, some politicians, stood up and say, "I give all the glory to God, my Lord Jesus Christ." That requires a lot of courage, and power. Right? I want you and me to be that kind of person. We did all kinds of stuff and really benefit to others. And when the right time comes and somebody put a microphone in front of you, you've got to have something ready to speak about Jesus Christ. Because one day, because you are not just an ordinary person, you are a random. Okay? God is using you for this generation. Somebody's going to put a microphone in front of you, you've got to be ready to speak about Jesus Christ. Give all the glory and honor back to Him. Amen? don't take the credit that is ready credit for God don't rob his glory be ready to speak about Jesus Christ in time in season or out of season be ready be equipped with the word of God you cannot just say in front of other people just pop out and say you have to be ready and be equipped how do we be equipped? Read the Word of God. Summarize the Sunday's messages. Take a look at the prayer generals. Have a daily devotion with prayer and reading the Word of God. That's how you grow. Nobody can spoon feed you every day. You gotta start eating, right? Your parents, your mom can feed you with milk at the beginning, but right after that, she or he will not continuously spoon feed you. You got to take the spoon and eat. Yeah? How, do we, how do we grow in Christ Jesus? We have to read the word of God. The love letter of God. Read that every day. And meditate on the word of God. You don't have to meditate hundreds of the verses. Pick one that really penetrates your soul. Meditate on that just sit on that word hours and hours, think about that throughout the day that is continuous prayer the one verse that strikes you God stops you just meditate on on that word because his desire is for you and me to be an evangelist I thought in the past sharing the gospel only set aside for certain people. I used to go to uh, old church, you know, previous church. There's a uh, elder uh, who used to be a deacon. He was a cell group leader and he was really good at bringing people into church. He mobilized uh, church members, and let's have a cell group. And he takes them to a restaurant regularly. And then, because of out of just um, you know, uh, trying to pay back. People try to pay back by attending uh, Sunday service or cell meeting, and that's how he evangelized and bring people continuously to church. And so at that time, I realized, well, I don't have money. <laughs> I was poor, and I don't have that kind of uh, character or nature. I'm not. I was not an out. I saw. I'm not an person. But I'm not an outgoing person to reach out to everybody and, and, and tell them about coming to church. And the last, after he served the meal, the last word he says, he said, hey, come to church tomorrow, Sunday. That was great too. And that so I could not do it. I was so, you know, um, shy about that. But he did that. So my conclusion at that time was, okay, only certain people have that kind of knack for for doing that. i I'm, I'm, I'm a God has set aside me for being like, a fire director and, and so forth. I thought it was evangelism is for you know allocated for certain people, but I'm, boy, I was wrong, totally wrong. When I looked at the you know the, the Matthew Mark Luke John and Acts chapter one eight, Jesus Christ said that you will be my witness and you will evangelize throughout the whole world. He didn't say certain people, anyone who in Jesus Christ, they are the witness of Jesus Christ. They got something to say about Jesus. The person they met personally that's sharing the gospel. That is evangelism. You don't have to have all kinds of theology classes to be an evangelist, a witness. First century church You know, take a look at the woman at the well. When she met Jesus Christ, and she had five husbands, but Jesus Christ said, I am the one who you're meeting right now. I am he, the Christ. Immediately after that, you know what she did? She went back to her household and told everybody, you know, I met this person, and he is the Christ that is evangelist. She didn't go to seminary school. She didn't go to evangelism training schools. She didn't even attend the Sunday school, Sunday service. But she told his his folks at home that Jesus is Christ. I met him. And he's coming over. I want you to be. Guess what happened? Everybody in that household believed in Jesus Christ and they got baptized. later on. And they became an evangelist in Samaria. Yeah. Now, let me go to the today's message. That was my introduction. <laughs> today's message is about Coloss. Colossi. The evangelism took place. we uh, don't have time to read. The uh, Colossi, uh, the Colophyllum. Uh, uh, but let me uh, let me go over quickly. Colossi uh, is it's in the uh, Asian Minor region. It's, it's a southwest part of Asia. Asia is a big region. As I indicated, I A A. Yeah, Ia, okay. Words, the postfix, Ia, okay. Asia, is uh, one of them. It's a region, okay. Today's Turkey, essentially. And um, Colossi was in that region, and and he was a uh, kind of a city that a lot of trade was trade. Uh, Was taking place. I mean, Ephesus was a coastal city, and they move goods. Okay, like Houston, you know, we we get a lot of goods from overseas coming through Houston area, Galveston, these ports, Ship Channel. There are millions and millions of of goods passing through that. They pass through uh, 59, and they all go all the way to Canada through that. 59. You know, it goes all the way to Canada, so they changed to uh, Interstate 69. Right? But Colossi was like that city inland. But a lot of traffic is going uh, toward that through uh, the train. Okay? But that city was rampant with uh, idol worship and different type of religion. That's where Philemon was living, and he received Jesus Christ through uh, Paul's visit and Paul, uh, Paul's evangelism. Okay? And it was an abandoned and neglected area. And uh, uh, spiritually it wasn't neglected. They taught old Jewish folks. They taught all the customs and rules and regulations. They didn't know the true gospel messages. And they were so accustomed to the uh, old way of life and the gospel came to that city through Paul and they received the gospel and people start changing it people start changing and Philemon received the gospel and from there the gospel of Jesus Christ was spread throughout the region important thing couple of things that uh, pastor reminded us number one um what is God's will there are three things listed out in, in in the Old Testament this is the will of God number one is first um, Timothy chapter 2 verse four the will of God is all mankind that believe in Jesus Christ and know the truth in Christ Jesus God's will is not in in different places. God's will is for every one of them living in this on earth. Come to know Jesus Christ. And they want them to be saved. In Joel chapter 1, you know what God says? God was crying. And I think it's it's Joel chapter 1, 28 something, 27, 28. Repent and come back to me. God is opening his, his, his arms wide open, just like the father of of prodigal son. He's waiting for every one of them who have left him since Genesis chapter 3. He wants every one of them to come back. Repent. Come back now. Can you imagine? Think about the picture. Visualize. The father of prodigal son. Every night he's waiting outside. Waiting for his son to come back. Why? Because he's, he knew that his son is suffering a lot, having a tormented life. He wants his son to come back. God has the same heart. He wants his children to come back. Second, God's will. Uh, uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 16 through 17 his will is for those who are saved he wants to have them be joyful always why? because of salvation pray continuously why? because God answers our prayer continuously and last thing is be thankful always why? we have received salvation. If you gain the entire things in this world, but if you lose salvation, what a dreadful thing thing that is. But we receive the salvation by receiving Christ Jesus as our Lord and Savior. So he's saying, pray always. Be joyful always. Pray continuously. And... Be thankful in all circumstances. Not in good time, but as well as bad time. The third God's will is Matthew chapter 24, verse 15. He wants us to be the witness and proclaim the gospel throughout the entire world. To the ends of the earth. He wants you and me the witness and evangelist. When you evangelize... It's not begging. It's a proclaiming. Jesus Christ commanded us to proclaim the gospel. Not beg. Would you please believe Jesus Christ? No, that's not it. You and I are instruments like a trumpet. You proclaim. Because we're not doing it. Holy Spirit will move their heart. And Acts chapter 13 verse 48 says, all who are appointed for eternal life believe. Witnessing is not begging. Witnessing is proclaiming the truth and the fact. Holy Spirit does the the rest of them. So don't be afraid of how they're going to respond to you because that's not your job. (coughs) That's Holy Spirit's job. Our role is proclaiming the gospel to the best of our knowledge, to the best of the truth, uncompromising the, the truth of the gospel we need to proclaim. Amen? Amen? That's the will of God, free will. And let me conclude the next one. There are three things we need to pr- prepare in order to do the God's will. Okay? Number one, we need to be equipped with the message. Equipped with the word of God. I told you uh, earlier, you have to have your own message. You have to have your own story. Some of you are young, so you cannot quote the Bible, but you have your own story of how you met our Lord Jesus Christ. Tell them to your friends how you met Jesus Christ what Jesus Christ, how He changed your life. I've got a lot of story because I live long, longer than you guys. I went through a lot of dips. I went through a lot of trials. I mean, the bottom is pit. Okay, I thought I was not going to get over it. I thought I was not going to be able to recover from that. And yet, God delivered me from the bottomless pit. So if somebody is going through a similar situation, I have something that I can share with them. I can give them hope in Jesus Christ. So you got to have your own story. you got to have your own message based upon the foundation of the Word of God, okay? Second thing we need to prepare, okay? we need to have the person, okay? That with the message, we have to be ready. The messenger has to be ready. Why don't you be the messenger rather than someone else? John or David or Mark. Why don't ask God, Lord, use me as a messenger? What a blessing being used by God. Okay. Thirdly, we need to have a system or team because gospel cannot be shared by just one person. More effectively, well, God can do everything, Paul, but he had companions, he had co-workers to share the gospel as a team, and then he had a system. Okay? We need to establish that pray together, share the message together, and be empowered by the word of God together and share the gospel to others. That's the method that uh, uh, early century church members did. They don't go out just by themselves. Always go two or three together. Right? Wherever Paul was going, there was bondage. There was Silas. There was Timothy. They go along together. That's how you uh, train. How you mentoring others. You know how the gospel of Jesus Christ, after 2,000 years later, we still have that message uh, with us? It's because of the mentorship. Teaching somebody about sharing the gospel to others. So, let me conclude with a prayer topic. Okay. Let me ask you this couple of questions. Have you ever had the chance to share the gospel to others who Jesus is? I'm not talking about just fancy, formal, you know, uh, sharing, but huh? Huh? casual. Casually. Have you ever had a chance to share the gospel with others? If not, something is wrong with us if we haven't had that. Number one, either we just totally ignore the opportunity that that God has given us. We didn't pay attention. We are not sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Many times in our lives, God has given us a signal. Somebody will come to you and you will witness somebody's going through a tough time. That is the best time to show the gospel. Somebody's in sickness. Somebody's going through a life's problems. How are they going to solve their problem? Share who Jesus Christ is. Okay? If you haven't done that, ask yourself, why not? What is stopping you to share the gospel? Prayer topic number one, as, you, as we've been praying, please pray for Chandler's brother. Uh, Chandler was not able to come. I don't know, maybe because of the transportation. But to be honest, she is going through a really tough time because of the uh, illness. It's a cancer, it's not an ordinary cancer. I'm going to tell you. We need God's miracle. Okay. Please pray for her and the family. I want Changun uh, and Hannah uh, and Sarang. Okay? Love them. I want you to love them. Think about them in your prayer. I pray that every day that I'm asking God to extend her life so many years so that at least the children can grow older. Ask God to extend her life. Please remember her in your prayer. Okay. Secondly, pray for SRC. Okay? And pray for people come in and they find the reason for living for the rest of their lives. Okay? I want you to stop playing religion games. I wasted 40 years of my life playing religion. I'm glad that you you are not into that. If you play religion, you play Christianity, there's no joy and peace. It gives you a lot of burdens. Stop playing games. Be honest and true in front of God. And be humble. Just like a naked person. Just kneel down and say, Lord,